United Soccer Coaches is proud to bring you the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast, covering all aspects and all levels of the game we love. The United Soccer Coaches podcast is presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer announcer Dean Linky, the longtime television and podcast voice of the association. Now, here's Dean with this week's show. The United Soccer Coaches has a new CEO. His name is Jeff Van Dusen, and his story is fantastic. Jeff Van Dusen will kick off the show. As you may know, three outstanding people are running for the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors, Dr. Patrice Paris, Dr. Douglas J. Williamson, and Greg Richard Winkler. As always, we hear from all three of them. Samantha Snow has a great session on Friday directed at youth coaches. Samantha Snow is on our countdown to convention, and we meet one more member of our amazing 30 under 30 class, Fordham assistant coach on the women's side, Kathy Prescott. That's our show. It's a big one, and it begins after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap. Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to learn more. Team Snap is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. On October 18, 2021, United Soccer Coach is named Jeff Van Dusen as its new Chief Executive Officer. He takes on the role after 10 years as the Association's Director of Operations and Events. The longtime member of the Association brings nearly 30 years of experience as a soccer coach at the college, high school, and club levels. Van Dusen assumes the role just a couple days ago, January 1st, 2022, and will host his first convention as CEO in the association's hometown of Kansas City, Missouri from the 19th through the 23rd. During his tenure at United Soccer Coaches, Van Dusen has guided the critical and financial success of the one-of-a-kind convention. The association is also celebrating its 80th anniversary in 2021. Jeff Van Dusen's coaching career spans all divisions and all genders, which truly makes him the perfect fit for this job. His final full-time coaching role before joining United Soccer Coaches was as head women's soccer coach of the University of Indianapolis. Other stops along his coaching journey included head women's soccer coach at the University of Central Missouri, head men's and women's coach at Missouri Southern State University, head men's coach at Hastings College, head men's and women's coach NAIA at Mary Crest International University, and goalkeeping coach at Western Illinois University. Originally from Chicago, Jeff Van Dusen grew up and learned his soccer in the youth leagues of the Illinois Youth Soccer Association before playing goalkeeper at the NCAA D1 and NAIA levels. After completing a bachelor's in physical education at Western Illinois, he finished his master of science degree in education at Missouri State in 2001. He also holds several advanced diplomas from United Soccer Coaches. And with that as the intro, the new CEO of United Soccer Coaches kicks off this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast, my man, Jeff Van Dusen. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Dean. It's great to be here. It's great to be here in this role. Indeed. What does it mean to you now that it is truly official and you are the CEO of United Soccer Coaches? I'm still pinching myself here. It's an amazing feeling to be in charge of the largest coaches association in the world. Obviously, coaching 
It means a lot to me. The game has given me everything in my life. This is an opportunity for me to give back and make our association even better than it is. It means the world to me. Well, coaching has always meant the world to you, but so has this association. I mean, you basically started as an intern. Why has this association meant so much to Jeff Van Dusen? It's been with me every step of the way. It started in 1995 at the Men's College Cup in Richmond, Virginia, where I was actually the guy at the tent checking your membership card to make sure you could get in to get hot chocolate and brownies at halftime. <laughs> it literally started at the bottom and in a volunteer position. And then they, then Steve Veal and, and Mike McFarlane, who was the communications director at the time, said to me, hey, why don't you come to Philadelphia and, and help us at the convention? So I was the self-proclaimed head box pusher. I was the guy that was the go-do. Go do this, go do that. I helped pack all those welcome packets that everybody gets and, and did everything from you know, open the building and close it at night. And it just, I fell in love with the association and the people. And, you know, this association has been with me every step of the way along my career path. I've met so many wonderful people and to even have the opportunity to talk about getting the job was an honor, but then to be offered the job out of the 80 candidates, I was truly amazed and I'm thankful. And, you know, one thing, Dean, I'll wake up every day trying to make this association better for coaches. And I'm honored and humbled. I'm incredibly excited to get to work. I know you mean it, Jeff, knowing you for as long as I know, I know you mean everything you just said right there. How are you, Jeff Van Dusen, approaching the convention now as the acting CEO and not just as the grand master of the entire convention? It's interesting. My leadership style is able to put the right people in the right spots. And that obviously comes from my coaching background because you, you really want to be strong up the middle, right? I have the complete confidence in Erica Dyer, who's been an assistant for me for seven years. She's going to take over the main controls of the convention here. Well, she has. I think she's had a good tutor. It's time for her to shine. She's done a lot of amazing things behind the scenes for the convention. Really excited about her leadership and, and where she's going to take the convention. We've got a great leadership team of our area managers. I'm really excited to see what this year's convention's about. I've really stepped back a lot from it. Anytime that I've gone to Erica with 10 different items, let's say, make sure you do this or make sure this has happened or that she's already got nine out of the 10 already covered. And it's been funny, the random information that I've tried to throw her way, she's already gotten covered and, and it's going to be an amazing event. So as far as how I'm approaching this as a CEO, I'm going to be very visible. I want to make sure that it takes, you know, a village to run this association from volunteers to vendors to staff to everyone. I want to make sure that I try and thank everybody that is associated with our association in some form or fashion. And I want to make sure that they know that they're appreciated and they know that they're a family member of this home for coaches. Our association is the home for soccer coaches and every member, every volunteer, everyone that works with us is a family member of, of this home for coaches. All right, Jeff, we're going to put the hot lamp on you now and talk about immediate plans and big picture vision. Let's start with your short-term goals. How about two or three short-term goals for the association coming from Jeff Van Dusen, the new CEO? 
Well, first and foremost, we'll address the staff and we'll talk about a couple different things internally. One is making sure that we have an amazing convention, all hands on deck, making sure that this month that we provide a, a safe, healthy, and vibrant convention, that anyone that comes to our hometown is gonna have a great time. Also with the staff, I wanna make sure that I send the message with them on what our vision is, what the vision of the CEO is, and then I wanna make sure that I empower that staff to make sure they enlighten that vision, that they carry out that vision on every day. I wanna make sure that I give them the support that they need I want to give them the resources that they deserve, and they can make sure that our members are activating and engaging in our association in an amazing way. Then I want to continue to inspire our staff. So I want to share the vision. I want to empower them to carry out the vision. I want to support them with that vision, and then I want to continue to inspire them, similar to what a coach does during their season. They share that vision of whether it's a go after championship or to win a certain amount of games, whatever that is, is the coach should share their vision. They should empower the players to go and act on that vision. And then the coach should be able to support them in, in all the ways that coaches need to do that. And then they need to continue to inspire. And so that's the way I'm going to lead the staff. And so that's a short-term goal is to make sure there's clarity and alignment that when we're building our tactical plans post-convention starting in February, that they understand what that message is and what that vision is of our association and where we want to go forward. That's kind of the big picture of, of the two to three goals that I think that we're trying to accomplish over the next couple months. So well said. And how about a couple long-term goals for the association, big picture down the road? First and foremost, Dean, I want to make sure that we continue to drive advocacy in all that we do, right? I want to make sure that advocacy is something that we do and everything that comes out of this national office is an important piece. Not only who you are as a coach, but who you coach. So first and foremost, we're going to create a couple new positions. One is for the youth game, youth services, and then the other one is for high school services. We already have a college services. So we're going to create that high school services position and the youth services position and create what those goals are to better connect with those coaches within our association. Then I want to increase the technology that's available to our coaches. So I want to make sure that we have the best technology and so we can deliver content both electronically, but also coaches can now use that technology within their training sessions within their teams. So technology, improving the technology that we offer to our coaches and how they use it. And then I want to be the career planning destination in our industry. I want to make sure that our coaches can get to the next level, that we're helping provide opportunities for coaches of every background, of every gender, that will be able to get leadership positions in our game, that will be able to grow within our game, not just throw up a job application board, on our website and say, here you go, good luck. We wanna show the pathway. We wanna help provide content on how to grow your career and how to get to that next level. Whether it's you know a level two to a level one coach at the youth level, to being a high school coach, to being a, an assistant coach, to a head coach, whatever it is, we wanna be that career planning destination in our industry. 
And of course, we want to continue to build up on our relationships with U.S. soccer, with U.S. club, with U.S. youth soccer, and all the leagues within our country. We want to make sure that we are close-knit, walking hand-in-hand with the NFHS, all the governing bodies within our game. Those are some of the longer-term goals that I see happening within the next year or two, and I'm really excited about the possibilities, and I'm really excited about some of the conversations that we've already had. I'm really excited to bring all of these longer-term goals to our membership. I'm excited about everything you had to say right there. Before we segue into your introduction of our next three guests, you've already in your own kind way said you're going to pinch yourself every day and never take this job for granted. But what is your final thought on this new journey as CEO of the association? Well, first of all, I want to thank all of our memberships. We wouldn't be here without you. I will wake up every day And I will think about how to make this association a better association for our soccer coaches. How can we make coaches' lives better on a daily basis? How can we help them with content that we deliver? How can we honor our coaches more? How can we give them better opportunities to do business within our game? How can they get better deals? How can we bring better partnerships to those coaches, better technology? All of that. These are things that I'm going to wake up every day and think about how can we bring to our membership. So I'm excited about it. I want to thank the membership. We have an amazing association, and I'm so honored to be the leader of it. Up next on this podcast, we will meet three candidates running for the board of directors. As you know, Jeff Van Dusen, you can show no bias, so I will not ask you to comment on these three specifically, but rather on why it is important to listen to all three of them right here on this podcast and to vote. Can you comment, Jeff, on that part of what is coming up next on the podcast? All three are are quality candidates. I'm, I'm really excited about all three of them in different ways. All three have given a lot to the association. All three have given a lot to the game. When the board looks for different candidates and we receive all these nominations and then they select what candidates that should run for the election, it's all about What have you done for the game? What have you done for the association? And can you be a part of this board that is about strategic growth decisions for the association? It's a six-year commitment, Dean. It's really going to help grow this association. These candidates all have really amazing minds for the game and amazing minds for coaches. And it's truly a service position, I can tell you that. So These candidates have all coached a lot in the game, have all been very successful in the game, and all have given a lot to the game, and they want to be part of something bigger than just their team, and that's what's exciting to me. Great way to kick off this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast, the new CEO of United Soccer Coaches, a man who was made for this job, Jeff Van Dusen. Happy New Year, Jeff, and congratulations on being the new CEO of an association that is so near and dear to you. Thank you, Dean. We'll see you in Kansas City. Yes, we will see you, and I look forward to seeing all of our members at the convention. As we mentioned, coming up next, you will hear from the three candidates for the 2022 United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors. They are in alphabetical order, which is exactly how you will hear from them. Dr. Patrice Harris, Dr. Douglas J. Williamson, and Greg Richard Winkler. We'll meet all three after these messages. 
United Soccer Coaches Advanced Diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your players' development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced-diplomas for more information. The United Soccer Coaches Board of Director election voting will open on January 10th, 2022. The voting process is done by a third party service to ensure integrity. Personalized ballots will be sent via email to every full member in good standing of United Soccer Coaches on Monday, January 10, 2022. A repeat ballot will be sent again on Monday, January 17, 2022 for those who did not vote using the ballot emailed on January 10. The candidate elected to join the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors will serve as vice president for four consecutive years, followed by one-year terms as president and immediate past president, in total six years of service. The three candidates for the 2022 United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors have been announced. The candidates up for election include Dr. Patrice Paris, Dr. Douglas J. Williamson, and Greg Richard Winkler. As we have done in the last several years, we will hear from all three in alphabetical order, and all three will have the same exact questions. Up first, Dr. Patrice Paris, followed by Dr. Douglas J. Williamson, and Greg Richard Winkler. As stated, up first, Dr. Patrice Paris. My name is Patrice Paris, and I'm running for the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors because this is a great opportunity to be part of a, a great organization and to be part of the, the vision of, of soccer and the future for our country at all levels of the game that we either play or coach or are part of, whether it's youth, college, professional. It's an opportunity to join an organization that allows us to broaden our horizons, our minds, and pushes forward to the next legacy of what soccer is going to be in our country. Can you give us your 60-second elevator speech as it relates to your background in the game? Yeah, for sure. My father was in the military. I'm a military brat. My parents are Jamaican, so I'm first-generation American. And for me, at an early age, my father told me that the world is yours and the opportunities that come with it. And to go to different countries, grow up in the German youth system, and then play on the American bases where we were stationed and then moving to Georgia, it allowed different opportunities for me. And once again, just grassroots, just trying to figure things out because this is before internet, this is before YouTube, and it allowed me the opportunity to persevere. And even though I had smaller offers at, at smaller schools, I decided to roll the dice and be a walk-on at Georgia Southern University. And he took four of us out of 50 players, and that opened up the door. It allowed me opportunities to have a wonderful collegiate career. It allowed an opportunity for me to, because of my dual citizenship, to train with the Jamaica national team for a stint. Wasn't good enough for the senior team and two months old for the U23s at the time. And because of that, that allowed me to figure out what was next. And what was next was coaching youth soccer and then an opportunity to coach at the university level where my head coach at the time was a great mentor that saw something that I did not see and allowed me the opportunity to get into the collegiate game. What area of the association do you think you can influence the most on the board? Yeah, being that my background is with soccer, the college system and the youth system, 
I think the biggest aspect is, is there an opportunity for me to make a change or growth at the collegiate level? The 21st century model is something that's been talked about for, for several years now. And I, I think due to COVID, things are on the shelf, but I think that's probably one of the first things that needs to be brought to the table to help us have a vision, not only for division one, but for division two, II, division three, and maybe some of the other schools as well. What one thing would you try and do immediately if you were elected to the board? Yeah, once again, it's a group decision, isn't it? For me, that holds dear is the 21st century model. You're asking collegiate players to play in the span of maybe two months and a half of so many games, missing classes, not enough time for rest. I, I think that's a conversation that needs to be brought back to the table. Once again, I know COVID has put a damper on certain things, but I think that's one of the things that is a necessity in order to continue to grow our sport, to get back to the, the table for conversation and get that vote across to see if those changes can be made at the division one level. And then we can see what happens with the rest of collegiate soccer. What does the United Soccer Coaches mean to you? Yeah, for me, I mean, as I reflect back to my younger days when I got into the organization, I think it's an, an organization of open-mindedness, allowing one to have an ability to have thought, to have vision. And it's, it's an organization that fosters that. It's an organization that allows anyone from any background to have an opportunity to have a voice, to have different ideas to bring to the table. It's an organization that's based off of the type of leadership that is needed to continue to push the minds of young players, coaches, to get them exposed to different areas, not only in our country, but across the world. With that, once again, my name is Patrice Paris, the head coach at University of North Georgia, and I would appreciate your vote because this is an opportunity for me to be amongst other board members to help cultivate the new vision or a new legacy in regards of what we can do within United Soccer Coaches. It's a great opportunity to, to come together to continue to foster the type of leadership that is needed for soccer in our country to continue to groom and grow and blossom for the next generation of players coming through and coaches. Thank you for the opportunity. That was Dr. Patrice Paris, one of three candidates for the 2022 United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors. Up next is Dr. Douglas J. Williamson and then Greg Richard Winkler. Here now, Dr. Douglas J. Williamson. My name is Doug Williamson, and I'm running for the Board of Directors of United Soccer Coaches because in 1984, this organization began the process of changing my coaching life for the better. That began with me taking the first ever national diploma course back in 1984 under Jim Lennox's direction until today. And the collegiality and the professionalism of this organization are exceptional. And I would like to be a part of the board in shaping the future of the organization in a way that we can benefit present and future coaches for a long time to come with that same nurturing, enrichment, and learning that I've had over the years and that I've experienced with my multifaceted background in NSCAA and United Soccer Coaches, I believe that I have not only the background, but the experience and the requirements to help the board, that I can work with the board. And at this very special time of having a new CEO, work with both the board and the CEO to provide some of those experiences for coaches that we know now and coaches that we haven't met yet. 
give us your 60 second elevator speech as it relates to your background in the game. Well, as with most people, I started off as a player, played a lot of street soccer, playground soccer until junior high. That was my first team that I was on. I was lucky to play for a Robinson Award winner, Don Brock at Needham High School. Needham was a three-year high school then. I played three seasons as a varsity player, was a state championship team member, had a great experience there, went off to Rockford College and was a college player, earned all Midwest and honorable mention All-American honors at Rockford, got paid to play for a couple years in Chicago as a semi-pro and continued playing in amateur soccer and up in the up until the over 30 league. In 1974, I was the youngest college official in the country. So I officiated the college level, high school level for 19 years, have devoted the rest of my life to college coaching high school coaching, club coaching, 22 years at the college level, 21 seasons coaching high school soccer, a lot of club coaching, a lot of youth coaching, became a coaching educator in the 80s for NSCAA, a national staff coach in 94, I'm a senior national staff coach now and have taught our courses and then worked for five years in the national office as the assistant director of coaching education. And I've continued to serve the game by coaching, coaching youth at the moment, also by serving United Soccer Coaches on the awards committee and the ethics committee. What area of the association do you think you can influence the most on the board? I think there are probably two. Because I've been a national staff coach, I think that I've had an opportunity to have seen our coaching courses firsthand, teaching courses for such a long time, but then having had the five years in the national office and really staying in touch with things during the pandemic and having seen how we've had to adjust our courses, I think it's brought up in my mind a lot of ideas for how we can move forward with coaching education. But I'm a huge proponent of our advocacy groups. and. My experience has been that in all areas of my life, including the five years I spent in the national office, that advocacy has been an important area for me in the sense of inclusiveness. One of the things I'm proudest of in my background is that we had an interim year where we didn't have a director of coaching education. And Allison Pronsky and I in the national office were kind of running the education department. One of the things that I brought to the then education committee was a list of 17 new national staff coaches. And included in those numbers were a number of women staff coaches, some younger staff coaches. We had Black, Latinx coaches involved in those numbers. And I was really proud of the fact that the education committee approved many of those people to become our national staff coaches. And, and those people are still working on our national staff. That's been really, really important to me. I was the liaison during those five years with the Native American coaches, and it opened my eyes. I taught what were then called state diploma courses on a reservation in Arizona, at the indigenous games in New Mexico, went to Montana. We had representatives from five or six different reservations come because they wanted to start soccer on those reservations and to meet people, to hear those concerns, to work with them and to really pay attention, really broadened my experience. And I think it's prepared me to be supportive of the advocacy groups as well as the coaching education area. What one thing would you try and do immediately if you were elected to the board? I know I'm supposed to give just one, but 
whether I'm elected or not, one of the things I have in process right now is I was the principal author of the code of ethics that we have back in 99 that was approved by the board in 2000. We felt a need on the ethics committee for the last couple of years that some revisions need to be made in that code of ethics to bring it a little more up to date, to deal with some of the concerns that we have about the current state of coaching and player relationships and things of that nature. And I have that revised. The ethics committee is going to be looking at it at the meeting at the convention. And I'd like for the board to look at that. If I'm on the board, then it would be one of the first things I present. That's already in process. So I think the other thing that I'd really like to do is to see if we can't develop a stronger relationship between our education and marketing departments. I think in order to do that, first thing we need to know is to get a better sense of what coaches are looking for around the country. What are their needs? What would entice them to become part of our courses? Where do they find benefit in our courses? And then to help maybe bridge a little bit of a gap between marketing and education so that we might be able to market our courses better and, and have a more focused marketing effort so that we can make available to coaches out there the kinds of experiences that nurtured me over the years, which meant so much to me. What does the United Soccer Coaches mean to you? You know, it's hard to answer this question without getting a little bit emotional about it because United Soccer Coaches and its predecessor, NSCAA, has made me a better coach better leader. I think it's made me a more courageous advocate for marginalized persons in all areas of my life. I think I'm a better teacher, not only in coaching education and, and in coaching players, but in any subject I teach, I think the things I've learned through coaching education have come into my life in the classroom. And when I teach classes in the church, I serve as a halftime pastor. And you know, others will have to judge this, but I think it's, I think my experience with the United Soccer Coaches has made me a better person, more sensitive to others' needs. It's made me felt accepted and cared for. It's the finest professional organization of which I've ever been a part. And I've been a part of several over the years. And in many ways, it's functioned as an extended family. I have to get a bit personal with this, but I was actually serving a, as a pastor full-time of a church in 2000 when my one full brother died in October of that year, uh, suddenly, unexpectedly. And the support I got, the calls that came from fellow coaches from around the country, fellow staff coaches, and coaches who had taken courses from me and who heard through the grapevine in a time before Facebook that my brother had died, called out of the blue. And they lifted me up, helped me go forward, deal with that sadness. I mean, and that's the kind of experience I've had over the years. There's been professional guidance, personal support, coaching wisdom imparted, great learning from the convention. Phil Bezik came and did staff training for us one year. And that was the start of a relationship, learning from him. Colleen Hacker came to do staff training another year. And you know, I still quote her with pretty much anybody who listen. I've been able to be exposed to these great coaches at an important point in my career where I had to make a really hard decision about leaving college coaching. Janet Rayfield gave me words of wisdom and support. And those people, you know, who am I? You know, I'm just, I'm just another coach. 
but they, they've always taken time to be there and to be supportive, to listen and to respond. It's the best. <laughs> With that, my name is Doug Williamson, and I would appreciate your vote because I believe my background, my experience with United Soccer Coaches has given me the breadth and the depth of preparation to make a positive impact in serving on the board of directors. The three candidates for the 2022 United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors have been announced. You have already heard from Dr. Patrice Paris and Dr. Douglas J. Williamson. Up next, Greg Richard Winkler. My name is Greg Winkler, and I am running for United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors. Because after an eight-year term as the high school advocacy co-chair, I feel there is so much more work and time I can give to this organization. I believe our organization has started to assert itself on the national soccer scene as a true voice for coaches. We put out a strong message this year with Afghanistan, we made a demand to the NCAA regarding the championship game format at the D3 collegiate level, and we provided and continue to provide many opportunities for growth of our coaches through this time of COVID. It is through the leadership of our new CEO, the board, advocacy groups, and our members that we, United Soccer Coaches, have a voice on the state of the game in the U.S. and globally. Give us your 60-second elevator speech as it relates to your background in the game. My background in the game, I have 20 plus years building a club in Wisconsin as a youth soccer club president, select coach, and their director of coaching. I'm approaching 30 years as a high school coach, currently at Charlotte High School in Punta Gorda, Florida. I'm a past president of the Wisconsin Soccer Coaches Association and member of the Wisconsin Soccer Hall of Fame. A past director of coaching for the NSCAA in Wisconsin, past NSCAA Coach of the Year coordinator for Wisconsin, I'm a former USSF referee trainer and referee. Currently, I work with clubs and schools to add coaching for character within their programs and finishing an eight-year term as the co-chair of the United Soccer Coaches High School Advocacy Team. What area of the association do you think you can influence the most on the board? Dean, United Soccer Coaches has demonstrated throughout the years, but especially during the time of COVID, that being able to change and adapt to what is happening around us is one of our organization's strengths. Successful coaches are able to change and adapt to meet the demands of their athletes and changes within their game. This organization made up of coaches has modeled that ability to change and adapt. I believe there's room for growth in the relationship between club and youth game and high school. The relationship has at times not been good for our game. It's time for that to change and there are opportunities for us to adapt and to do what is best for our players in our sport. There are many successful soccer communities where the club and the high school work together. We can provide through educational opportunities and through articles in Soccer Journal, examples of where this cooperation is successful and flourishing. Each group can offer strengths to improve the soccer experiences for everyone. I believe with my background in the youth game and my experience at the high school level that I can help facilitate the building of these bridges. What one thing would you try and do immediately if you were elected to the board? My strength, I think, is the communication and education. By communication, I mean focusing some dialogue on how youth coaches can better communicate with parents. Even small changes at the youth level can have a positive impact all the way up through the highest levels of the game. It's like planting an acorn and watching a mighty oak sprout from that little nut. We see the roots develop in U5, U8, U10 age groups and continue to sprout new branches as they move forward. 
I've been a strong proponent of changing the coach paradigm. This is an issue at every level of sport. We have the educational capacity to provide meaningful content to coaches. United Soccer Coaches is the largest coaching organization on the planet. The impact we can have for change is beyond what we can even imagine. We have seen that with our advocacy teams. When one group has a goal or a mission and all our groups get on board, we can make a difference. We all must just be one person. However, I believe that if I'm elected, I can help continue to make the decibel level rise on the messages we, United Soccer Coaches, want heard. What does the United Soccer Coaches mean to you? Uh, this is a loaded question because I believe everything that I've accomplished in this game has been because of United Soccer Coaches. I strongly believe that we have the best coaching education material and educational pathway in the nation. There are opportunities for coaches at every level of engagement. That is largely due to the work of Ian Barker and Vince Gansberg within our coaching education. Joe Cummings, a past CEO of the organization, saw a need for advocacy groups eight years ago. I was fortunate to get on the ground floor of that process. Lynn Burling Manuel, as CEO, supported us through the growing pains. And the guidance came from Sue Ryan, Lisa Cole, and Lee Gerald as we worked with the board to put policies in place that would set us up for success. Our new CEO, Jeff Anduzi, has been a big supporter of our advocacy work. Advocacy is an important path to leadership in this organization. I owe my candidacy today to the leadership opportunities that United Soccer Coaches provided for me. When you work with great people, you want to get better. Every day, I am trying to be better and working to make our game better. With that, my name is Greg Winkler, and I would appreciate your vote. You have some highly qualified candidates to choose from. You cannot make a poor choice when voting. I urge you to vote and be part of this process. I do not believe my purpose with the United Soccer Coaches is over. The past eight years, I have worked with the women's group, black coaches group, LBGTQ+, faith-based Latino coaches, college pro youth, and of course, the current board. One thing is apparent within this organization. We are stronger together. Thank you again for listening today and for providing me, Greg Winkler, with this opportunity. Once again, the United Soccer Coaches Board of Director election voting will open on January 10th, 2022. The voting process is done by a third-party service to ensure integrity. Personalized ballots will be sent via email to every full member in good standing of United Soccer Coaches on Monday, January 10th, 2022. A repeat ballot will be sent again on Monday, January 17th, 2022 for those who did not vote using the ballot emailed on January 10. The candidate elected to join the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors will serve as vice president for four consecutive years, followed by one-year terms as president and immediate past president, in total six years of service. You have just heard from the three candidates for the 2022 United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors. We thank the candidates up for election, Dr. Patrice Paris, Dr. Douglas J. Williamson, and Greg Richard Winkler. When we return, it's countdown to convention time with the very talented Samantha Snow. This is Dean Linky with a quick message from United Soccer Coaches College Programs Department. United Soccer Coaches College Services Program benefits do not stop once the season ends. Your registration continues to work for you and your team with 2021-22 eligibility for Team Academic and Team Pinnacle Awards, plus all-season representation with the NCAA, NAIA, and Junior College Governing Bodies. 
If you have not registered for United Soccer Coaches College Services, please consider doing so today. Join the College Services Program now. Time now for the Countdown to Convention, a weekly interview on the United Soccer Coaches podcast that features the United Soccer Coaches Convention, which will take place January 19th through 23rd in Kansas City. Every week during this time, our host, Dean Linke, will take a deep dive with someone or a group of people that will be featured at this year's convention. Remember to register early for the convention by going to unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. Now, here's Dean with this week's Countdown to Convention. Time now for our Countdown to Convention. Even though we've been talking about convention all day long, Jeff Van Dusen, as well as the three outstanding candidates for the Board of Directors for United Soccer Coaches, but now a real live presenter for the convention, Samantha Snow. She's been a presenter five or six times already. She's the executive director at Liberty Soccer Club and Blue Springs Youth Soccer down in Loganville, Georgia, the former soccer player at Columbus State, where she was a holding midfielder for Jay Entlake, who I knew during his time as the head coach of the original Carolina Courage. Her session will be on Friday the 21st at 9.15. It's a field session called Developing Field Awareness in the Youth Player. It's part of the Youth Development Diploma that Vince Gansberg covered weeks ago on the Countdown to Convention, and he was talking big things about Samantha Snow. And that's right. I know we also work with Sam Snow quite a bit, and they actually, there's a funny story. Let's start with that. You just did a session with Sam Snow, who we also know. You normally go by Sam, so let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, so it was actually the first time Sam and I got to work together in all the years that our paths have crossed, um, but we were teaching a C course together down in Florida, and we're trying to figure out, okay, what, what is everyone going to call us? You know, we can go by our initials. We both have the same initials as well, though, SBS. So, you know, we was just like, all right, girl, Sam, boy, Sam, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that, that works for me. When she was a great soccer player, a holy mid at Columbus State, she was Samantha Bird. She's been Samantha Snow for how long now? 12 years. Congratulations. December 12th. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Happy anniversary. Okay. The session is called Developing Field Awareness in the Youth Player. We've got a big audience of youth soccer coaches. In fact, there's probably more youth soccer and high school soccer coaches that go to the convention than any other level. Tell us why people should be there. What are you trying to accomplish? Yeah, so trying to accomplish how we can show the players just how to make decisions and know what's around them. Developing field awareness really like let's get them on the field in the playing area as quickly as possible. So how we can do that with these younger players, I'm not sure the age I'm going to get, you know, is typical with uh, youth coaches. Anyways, you never know what you're going to get with your teams. So I'm prepared to have, you know, anywhere from nine, 10 year olds up to 13, 14. So we'll, we'll see what comes with the youth, but just how we can adapt as coaches as well and work with the group that we've got and um, yeah, help them start to make those tactical decisions and, whereabouts where they are on the field and how it's going to affect their decision making in the game yeah what's your definition of field awareness because other coaches have different definitions of field awareness and what it means to samantha snow since you'll be presenting this developing field awareness in the youth player what's your definition of field awareness particularly for the youth player yeah so knowing which area of the field they're in so talking about these younger youth players Am I in my defensive half? Am I in my attacking half? Am I close to my own goal where it's going to be uh, less risk-taking or am I closer to the opponent's goal where we can do a little bit more risk-taking? And then, okay, who is around me as far as my teammates and the opponents? Um, what kind of space is in front of me, behind me, around me? 
You know, one of the things that I talk about as a TV broadcaster, particularly in the women's game, where the parity at the college level at D1, D2, D3, junior college, you name it, is off the charts. And I give all the credit to youth soccer at all the levels. I mean, pick a league, name a league. They're all been outstanding. You've got a front row seat to that as executive director of Liberty Soccer Club. I mean, particularly on the women's side, the youth game is just night and day from what it was, say, 15, 20 years ago. Oh, it totally is. It totally is. I mean, especially from when I grew up playing in, in the youth game to what it is now. I mean, there's so many more coaches, just that coaching education is so accessible now. And I mean, what better way to get some education than at the convention, but just the access to it. And so many licensed coaches, coaches that are wanting to learn that are doing this more than just as a, you know, part-time volunteer thing. It's, it's incredible. And the role models that we have now in the game as well. So many more women coaching on the women's side is huge. And one of the best things that I love about it is that seeing players that I have coached formerly at the youth and in college that are now coaching themselves. And we're fortunate enough to have one of those players actually coaching our 13 U girls team here at the club. So that's, we, we love it. And the girls love her. What's her name? Sophia Matinock. So and she um, she actually grew up playing for our club um, until she went to play for a bigger club in high school. And she went on to play at University of North Georgia for Chris Adams. I tried recruiting her for our college, but the program didn't fit her needs. But it's great to have her back in her hometown and, and coaching at the club where she started. I'm glad that uh, as we talked about the growth of youth soccer, you put an emphasis on coaching because now these young players have better coaching, which makes them better players. Who have been some important mentors in your life as you've climbed the ladder here and you've got this big old title now as the executive director of Liberty Soccer Club and Blue Springs Youth Soccer? Early on, definitely Jay was a, a huge influence for me. Um, I actually was injured in my sophomore year and couldn't play anymore. And he offered me the opportunity to continue coaching at Columbus State as an undergrad assistant and gave me a lot of responsibilities, still doing laundry and stuff like that, but a lot of coaching and decision-making responsibilities as I had more experience. And then he also got me into coaching education, um, got me into teaching coaching ed then and helped me along as my jobs you know, progressed. Uh, Erica Dombach has been a great mentor for me. I was part of um, the 30 under 30 class and she was the mentor that I was paired up with. And what a great experience that was. And still being able to stay in contact with her, you know, six, seven years later has been just tremendous, absolutely tremendous. And then just other folks, you know, through United Soccer Coaches and the, the Women's Committee, um, Nancy Fellman has been someone that I've reached out to. Alice Ann Wilbur helped me through um, a crazy time after having my first child and just kind of like, okay, where do I go? You know, kind of what's, how do I balance everything? And then, of course, Ian Barker, Vince Gansberg, get me involved with uh, education with United Soccer Coaches. They've been, I've called them quite a few times as well for some life decisions. <laughs> well, you said some incredible names right there. They actually got chills. Erica Dombach, you know, I get to call a lot of her games. And Nancy Feldman, two of the absolute legends of the game. That is fantastic. You said you've done this now five or six times. What is it about United Soccer Coaches when they call Samantha Snow to be involved that makes you always want to say yes? The organization has done so much for me, just being able to 
go to the conventions and, and get so much out of it. And I feel terrible that I didn't mention him first. Um, Ralph Polson was actually the, he got me involved with the Walt Chiswitz scholarship, which helped me attend my B license years ago. He invited me to my first convention. Wow. I mean, it was, it was absolutely incredible. The people that he introduced me to and then just getting me connected. And he's the one who actually got me to apply for the 30 under 30, which just opened up the doors for everything else. So just so much has come from being a part of this organization that, you know, if they ask me to do something, of course, I'll say yes. If I've got the time to do it, absolutely. I, I've received so much from the organization. So anytime I can give back, I'm all for it. Another great name, Ralph Polson, uh, one of the all-time gentlemen of soccer. I want to go back to what you talked about earlier as you get ready for this Friday, January 21, 915 field session called Developing Field Awareness in the Youth Player. As you said, you know, you're not totally sure what age group you're going to get. So how long before 915 do they arrive? And then kind of walk me through like how you communicate to these kids to say, all right, this is what we're trying to accomplish today. Hopefully they're supposed to arrive about 30 minutes beforehand, hopefully sooner, but we'll see. Um, it is a little early on a Friday morning, um, but getting them there, I, I plan to have the field pretty much set up and ready to go. And then based on the players that arrive, make adjustments as necessary. But honestly, I plan on just kind of adjusting as we start to get playing, because that's that's reality. You know, you start playing and you realize, okay, field's too big, field's too small, I need to make adjustments. But just letting them know, all right, here's the first game that we're going to play. This is what we're going to look for. If you have space around a dribble, go for it. If you have space to shoot, go for it. If you need to make a pass, make the pass. So not too much instruction, just really, you know, kind of giving them the, the brief rundown objective, what I want to see from them, but hopefully letting the game be, you know, let them figure it out as they're playing along and going through it that way. So helping them learn from experiences they're going through it. I love it. Certainly enjoying spending time with Samantha Snow. That's right. She does go by Sam Snow, another familiar name to not only United Soccer Coaches, but USYS. But this is Samantha Bird Snow, who played at Columbus State. She's the executive director of Liberty Soccer Club and Blue Springs Youth Soccer. She's doing a field session on Friday, January 21st in Kansas City as part of the convention. This is the countdown to convention. It's called Developing Field Awareness in the Youth Player. You've done an amazing job without even knowing it, hitting all of the key points we've been discussing for several months now, particularly if you can see it, you can be it. More importantly, if she can see it, she can be it. As you touched on more women, you said you're a mom. How many kids do you have? And I love that you called Alice Ann Wilbur because I've got time for her all day, every day. Who doesn't? <laughs> but, you know, talk about that adjustment, being a mom and having this big role and doing everything you do. And how many kids do you have? Yeah, I've got two children. Uh, Reagan is eight and Harrison is 18 months. Uh, so it's, wow. <laughs> yeah, very, very busy. Um, yeah, having, having Reagan in the middle of a uh, college season and just trying to manage, I mean, she, she was born three weeks before preseason started and I was on the road, you know, when she was five weeks old and talk about mom guilt, like, holy cow, you know, leaving leaving the little one behind. So it was definitely an adjustment. And I mean, Alice Ann was one that, you know, I, I called and she, 
you know, to, to be frank, she talked me off a ledge, you know, and it was like, okay, I, I feel like I, I'm being pulled this direction. I'm being pulled this direction. I'm just not sure, you know, where, where to go. It was actually, I met her at the convention at a, an event that the women's committee at the time had put on now the women's Ag advocacy group. But I met her, talked to her. And then of course, you know, Alice Ann being Alice Ann gave me her number, her email was like, Hey, contact me, reach out, which I did. And she was fabulous. But she really helped me in, okay, work time is work time, home time and family time is home time and family time. You know, don't, don't blend the two. When you are home and it's family time, that's it. Put the phone down, don't open up the computer, which was super helpful. I mean, it sounds so simple, but really super helpful in just managing that work-life balance. Now with the little one, I mean, he was born right in the middle of, of COVID shutdown. And, you know, talk about the way things have evolved and doing things virtually and, and all of that. I mean, it actually worked to my benefit because I'm able to be at home and able to work from home now that things have shifted virtually. I'm actually able to teach more courses now that they're in the blended format, virtual, and then just small meetings in person. So this format is actually very family friendly and I'm, I'm a fan of it. <laughs> Oh, that is awesome. You know, I'm a fan of you and I'm also a fan that you're not done doing great things because you're the founding director for Awesome Kids, Inc. That's how I want to end. I want you to tell me everything you can about Awesome Kids, Inc. and where people can learn more and what it's all about. Yeah, so we actually, I, I applied us for our um, nonprofit status in November, expecting it to take, you know, the usual three to six months. We were approved within, you know, 30 days. So last month we found out we had our, our approval as a, a nonprofit, but it started with actually um, five years ago, my daughter Reagan has autism. We wanted her to, to go see Santa Claus in a environment that's not so stimulating and, and crazy but there wasn't really any options for us. So we started Awesome Santa for kids with special needs, just free Santa visits, take your time, tons of pictures. They get a gift from Santa and that has just grown. And then it grew into Awesome Soccer, which is free soccer experience for kids with special needs. And we were expecting maybe 20, 25 kids for Awesome Soccer. We ended up having over 115 register. So for eight Friday nights, we had anywhere from 75 to all 115 kids coming out to our, our awesome soccer sessions. And that's when we realized, okay, our community needs more. We need more to help the parents, to help the family. So awesome kids Inc. And we're going to be offering a lot more in the years to come. And you're already up on Facebook. Where can people find you on Facebook? So Awesome Kids Inc. is our Facebook page. Some things that are a little bit more relevant, we have Awesome Soccer Facebook page. I'm working on combining the two and our Awesome Santa Facebook page. Yeah, Awesome Kids Inc. has all the information and we're, we're excited for, for the new year and what we can offer the, the special needs community. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You are truly awesome, Samantha Snow. Thank you so much for all you do as a mom, as an executive director for a great youth soccer club and for being a great presenter for the convention. Just outstanding. Really enjoyed all the names you mentioned as well. And I'm going to try to make that session. Samantha Snow, developing field awareness in the youth player. That's Friday the 21st at 9.15 at the convention in Kansas City. This is the countdown to convention. What a great countdown with Samantha Snow. Thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Dean. I appreciate it. Anytime. 
That was our countdown to convention. We're not done with our show, though. When we return, we'll meet one more member of our incredible 30 under 30 class. Kathy Prescott is an assistant coach at Fordham D1 Women's Soccer, a big-time goalkeeper in college, now coaching the goalkeepers at Fordham. Kathy Prescott, 30 under 30 on the bounce. That's this week's Countdown to Convention for the 2022 United Soccer Coaches Convention, January 19th through 23rd in Kansas City. Register today at unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to learn more. Team Snap is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. We finished with my favorite part of the show as we meet another outstanding member of this 30 under 30 class. Of course, we'll see them all in Kansas City, at least most of them, January 19th through 23rd at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. Today, we meet an assistant coach at the D1 level for Fordham, Kathy Prescott, another great member of our 30 under 30 class. Welcome, Ms. Prescott, to the podcast. Thanks, Dean. I'm excited for to be on here and thanks for having me and really excited to be part of 30 Under 30 and meet everyone in a couple of weeks down in Kansas City. Well, that answers the first question. So you're definitely going to be there. You got your, your travel yep. booked and everything. Got the flight booked and really looking forward to it. And hopefully everyone else can get out there safely as well. All right. With that out of the way, let's start at the very beginning. I know you're an outstanding goalkeeper, but tell me where you grew up, where you went to high school, why you picked your alma mater, which was D3, and then where we went from there. You've got the floor. Yeah, so I grew up in the Berkshires in Lenox, Massachusetts, um, which is the western part of the state, and went to actually a really small high school, um, a public high school, but it was very small. So I started playing. There was no football at my high school, so soccer was the sport. Like I remember when they put the lights in at the high school field when I was like five years old, and it was the biggest deal in town. So Friday night lights with soccer, and everybody played. Um, and I loved it for as long as like growing up, I loved it and became a goalkeeper around age 12 and just kind of stuck with it from there. Um, and where we were located, it was an hour from Albany and an hour from Springfield. So you were traveling if you were playing club or anything like that, but it was always a really good time. And everyone that I grew up playing with played all the way through high school. So that was a pretty fun experience. And then as I was looking for colleges, like I, where I live is about uh, 45 minutes south of Williams College, and I really wanted to go to a school like Williams that wasn't Williams. So I started to look south and get away from the snow a little bit and found Haverford and absolutely loved it. It's a small liberal arts school and just really enjoyed the like team environment there and everything about that process. So chose Haverford and couldn't have been happier with my choice to go down to Philly and have that experience. And how many years were you a starter at Haverford, Kathy? Uh, I was started for my last two years there. Outstanding. Okay. And no other sports besides soccer then in that small little score. Did you dabble in some other sports? No, I played uh, pretty much everything. Basketball, I actually played competitively all the way through high school and played a little bit of AU basketball while I was playing club soccer. So did that. Um, and actually at Haverford, I played basketball for my senior year. Um, after I was done with soccer, I played, joined their team for a little bit because they needed some help because of some pretty bad injuries. So got to play a little bit of things you can only do at D3 schools where you can hop on the basketball team after your soccer career is over. 
One more question as an athlete, specifically as a goalkeeper, what was your number one strength as a goalkeeper, both in high school and college? And what was the one thing that you always continue to want to work on? I definitely like I loved breakaways. I loved coming out. I loved flying into people. Um, so that I would say was definitely my strength. Probably to work on like just being more aggressive in crosses. And I tell all the goalkeepers I work I work with now, like the more aggressive you are on crosses, the more they like you save so much damage from happening just because you're coming off your line and grabbing that ball before anybody else can get a touch on it. So if I could do it again, I would definitely have started training crosses at a younger age. All right. I see you graduated just four years ago. So you are indeed a youngster with a degree in economics. And I can tell you're super smart as well as you went on to earn your master's in sports business from Temple. Originally, what was your plan with that economics degree? Originally, it was finance. Um, I actually did a couple internships in finance while I was at Haverford over the summers. And every time I was like, oh, that was OK, but it wasn't great. And I'd always spend my last two weeks of the summer working at Tony DeChico Soccer Plus Camp. And those were always my favorite two weeks of the summer. So finally, like the summer before my senior year, I started to be like, maybe I should consider this coaching thing more full time. Like this was my favorite two weeks. The finance part, I didn't really enjoy that much. So went, to, went on to get my master's as kind of a, well, I can coach while I get my master's and figure out what's next. And the coaching thing stuck. Well, and I think that master's in sports business works with what you're doing in coaching. And you already answered the question on when you realized you wanted to be a coach by saying, you know, hey, at the end of my internship, I got to hang out at Tony DeChico's camps. And of course, Tony DeChico, a legend for United Soccer Coaches, a legend in soccer across the world. So I'm so glad that you told that story. So when did you fully dive in and say, you know what, this is what I want to do for the rest of, you know, I, I, I suppose, you know, maybe the rest of your life in some form. Yeah, so after I finished my career that November of my senior year, I started working with um, Paul Stinson, who's the head coach at Bryn Mawr. He had a club team, and Bryn Mawr's right across the street from Haverford. So I started working with his club team and really enjoyed it. So I was like, okay, I'll get my master's and kind of keep working with him. Originally, it was just going to be I'll work with him for club. And then he was like, well, you're here. You might as well work with our college team, too, even if it's twice a week or whatever. So I started to do that. And I think by September of that season, I was like, okay, this is like, I'll finish my master's, but all I want to do is coach ever since then. That's, that's the path I've been on. All right. And how about your family? When you told your family, you know, Hey, I know I got this fancy economics degree, but I really want to be a coach. Talk to me about them. How big is your family and what they have to say about it? Yeah. So I have, I actually have a twin sister and an older brother, but my dad's been saying I was a coach since I was like 12 years old. So he was my youth coach when I was really little. Um, and I used to like, I was the one that took the ball bags out of the car and like ran to the field with them. And I used to like, everybody says you don't want to get in the car after a loss or whatever, but I would sit with my dad in the car and like dissect every moment of every game. So I think he's been telling people I was a coach since I was 12 years old. So he was pretty excited. Um, my mom definitely was a little bit more apprehensive, but came to, came to enjoy it. And I think she's pretty supportive of me. So really grateful for that. I'm always fascinated, Kathy, by the dynamics of twins. So are you identical twins? Are you guys really tight? Do you talk all the time? Or are you total opposites? We're fraternal twins, so we're not definitely not identical. Um, it's funny. Some people tell us we're very similar, but others will tell us we're total opposites. I think we're, we're a good mix of we do a lot of things similarly, but we also are very different in terms of what we're passionate about and what we're interested in. So um, we have some good conversations, but definitely not connected at the hip or anything like that she played soccer all the way through she was actually the goalkeeper before I was when we were like really little U10 and U12 like she loved being a goalkeeper and then everybody kind of figured out that I was really good at it so I, I stole <laughs> a position but she did continue to play all the way through high school and 
I think she really enjoyed it. So that's always good. What's her name and what is she doing? Her name is Beth and she works outside of Boston with uh, children with different developmental disabilities at a school for children specifically with, with those needs. So she's doing some pretty awesome work out there. Outstanding. I have a sister named Beth as well. I love that. All right. When did you learn about United Soccer Coaches, specifically about this 30 under 30 program? I actually heard about it when I was at Penn. Um, Melissa Phillips, who used to work there, had been a member a few years before. And she had said to me, hey, when you get the chance, like, you should definitely apply to this. It would be a really good opportunity. And she spoke so highly of it that I started to kind of have it on, on my radar, but wasn't sure when I was going to start to apply. And then when I got to Fordham, Jess Clinton is actually a mentor in the program. So she, again, was like, you have to apply to this. Like, you need to be involved. And I applied last year. And that was I applied, like, as I was moving to New York from Philadelphia. So that one didn't work out for me. But I applied again this year. And it worked out. And really excited that, that it did. And what do you remember about what you were doing when you got the emails? I think it's email. Most of the 30 under 30s have told me they got an email saying, hey, they're in. Yeah. So it's actually funny. My, my sister's getting married in May and we were actually shopping for her wedding dress when I got the email. So I actually didn't tell anybody for a couple of days because I wanted her to like, she had just found her wedding dress and I was like, okay, let's let her have her day and be excited about it. So I actually didn't tell anybody for a couple of days so that she could have a little bit of time because especially as twins, we were always competing for time. So I wanted to make sure that she got to celebrate that. That is super sweet, Kathy. I mean that sincerely. Uh, what a what a tremendous answer. Well, now that you've kind of been diving in and you've had all these mentors tell you about United Soccer Coaches, when you think about United Soccer Coaches and your development, what uh, what do you think it's going to mean to you? I think it's going to be huge. I mean, just the mentorship and the amount of people that you can connect with through United Soccer Coaches is incredible. The number of people that I know now who have said like, oh, you worked for so-and-so or you worked with so-and-so or you were here um, is so important. And just having those connections and even being at the convention, I was lucky when it was in Philly, I was living in Philly at the time. So it was pretty convenient to go and just the different um, workshops that you can attend and things like that, I think is, especially as a young coach, so important and so helpful. You've already made two stops now at the D1 level, first at Penn and now at Fordham, which shows that you've got some moxie to make it all the way up there. One of the things right now where you are as goalkeeper coach, sometimes coaches that are coaching goalkeepers, they get stuck there, right? Is uh, your plan to be able to be a, a coach, you know, a head coach? What, what's your plan? I'm, I'm undecided right now. I do love coaching goalkeepers. I think it's a pretty unique group and a pretty special um, relationship with players that you get to have just because you do have such a small group. So I would love to coach goalkeepers for a few more years. I think long, long term, I want to be a head coach, but I'm in no rush to make that happen. Um, and I'm, I'd be happy to stay with goalkeepers for as long as I can until that right head coach job opens up. Okay, that's a fair answer. You kind of answered my crystal ball, although I may come back to that as well. When you think about sports, who are your favorite sports teams? Who are some people that you admire? Yeah, I mean, I grew up a big Boston fan. So everybody in Boston, um, all the Red Sox players, all the Patriots, obviously, Bruins, uh, Celtics. I didn't have a choice to cheer for anybody else. But on the women's side of things, I Christy Lilly was always one of my favorite players just because of how dedicated she was. Um, and obviously she played forever. So from being really young and watching her play to kind of as an older player, that was always really, really cool to see um, in the professional ranks. I mean, everybody on the men's side as a goalkeeper, it was always fun to kind of watch um, Gigi Buffon and Casillas were probably the two that I watched the most closely. And I was definitely more Casillas than I was Buffon. But I think that was always fun for me trying to figure out what players did I play like, what players inspired me and which players could I kind of steal things from um, for my own game. 
And with no NWSL team in Boston now, is there an NWSL team you lean toward? I mean, having been in New York now, um, Gotham has definitely been been my team recently. I think they've done an awesome job with not only their advertising and marketing, but just continuing to push women's soccer. So that'd be my team right now. But I would love to see the Breakers come back. That was definitely my team growing up to watch them. All right, Kathy Prescott, if you're not coaching, right, which you clearly love, what is something about you that maybe people don't know or something that you really enjoy doing? So I am a big like stats nerd. So part of my um, master's was in sports analytics as well as sports business. So I would definitely be playing with numbers somewhere, um, hopefully in the sports world, but if not somewhere else, um, that's part of what drew me to economics all the way back at Haverford was just the opportunity to play around with different numbers and create different models. So I'd definitely be doing something with numbers somewhere and something with statistics. All right. You really got to go it on. So I am going to ask that crystal ball question. Have you thought about where you want to be 10 years from now? You kind of said, you know, Hey, I really like coaching goalkeepers, but do you have a big vision 10, 15, 20 years from now? I mean, I, I don't know exactly what the timeline is for it, but I think long-term I would love to be back at a liberal arts D3 school as a head coach. I think that I really loved that environment as a player. And I think those types of schools are so unique just in the small school feeling and um, how special the athletics there can be. So Long-term, I would love to be a D3 head coach at one of those small liberal arts schools. But in the meantime, I'm pretty open to whatever else comes my way. Well, I love this interview. Really outstanding. Well done, Kathy. Kathy Prescott, assistant coach at Fordham. She absolutely nailed it. Do me a favor. Come by Podcast Row on Friday and say hello. Maybe we'll do a different kind of interview with you there. Well done. Congrats on being a member of the 30 Under 30. And Happy New Year to you as well. Thanks, Dean. I appreciate it. I'll definitely come say hello in Kansas City. Another great show as we move closer to the convention in Kansas City, January 19th through the 23rd. I want to thank the new CEO of United Soccer Coaches, Jeff Van Dusen, for kicking off the show. also want to thank all three candidates running for the board of directors, Dr. Patrice Paris, Dr. Douglas J. Williamson, and Greg Richard Winkler, as well as Samantha Snow. And you just heard from Kathy Prescott. Also need to thank the great folks at United Soccer Coaches, including Bailey Conklin and Erica Dyer, as well as Pat Madden, Steve Beal, and the gang. They are all awesome. I want to thank my producer, Colin Thrash. On behalf of United Soccer Coaches, Happy New Year. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap. Thanks for listening to the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. To learn more, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org and teamsnap.com.